Hello. Hello, Merlin man. How are you today? Good morning, Rabbit Rabbit. Yes, Rabbit Rabbit is the uh, Tuesday, the auspicious day. Mm-hmm. We don't always, uh, well, because of the vagaries of the calendar, we don't always land on exactly the rabbit. You know, I, I, I want to just make a suggestion to whoever controls the calendar thing. We should make every month 30 days and they should always start on a Tuesday. Hmm. So you're always starting out with an optimistic rabbit rabbit. You can't not have an optimistic day and an auspicious day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is kind of, um, it'd be nice if we had something uh, more like the metric system for almost everything. That's what I'm saying. And in fact, why not make every month 20 days? The year would go by so much faster. Well, I mean, everything should be a Decameron, like not Kirk, Kirk Decameron, <laughs> but like, but like a ten, a ten chapter. Like there should be tens of everything. I, I mean, you just make everything so much easier. Like, but you know, the sun kind of runs runs things, or our perception of how the sun runs things is a little screwy. You know, but you it's know? interesting when you think about it that our years are totally lined up to that sun. That We're past nice. that. We don't need that anymore. That was prim- that seems primitive, doesn't it? Seem primitive. It, I, I've thought about this hardly at all, but a little bit. And <laughs> I mean, I we're, we are Three, segueing into our topic gently, aren't we? Well, you got to go gentle. I'm still waking up. 365 <laughs> and a quarter days is a year, uh-huh. mostly. Um, I mean, but it's sort of like, you know, coastline of Scotland problem, where even with the metric system, one thing I think is so interesting is the metric system, I believe, still has its own <clears throat> version of like a, like a gold standard. Like somewhere in a, a bell jar in probably France, there's exactly one gram of something that which is the gram. Oh, like, right. Don't email me, whatever. <laughs> but but I think there is a certain elegance in that stuff. You know, the, other, the one thing is that like the the amount of specificity that we need to accurately do scientific things differs from the amount of specificity we need to run most of our day to day lives. You know, so, somewhere between uh, like it'll just happen whenever. And down to the like nanosecond or whatever. Mm-hmm. There are different sorts of things, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a little confusing. Um, I always think of uh, that uh, very funny bit on Parks and Recreation, where um, April has to go into Ron Swanson and say, uh, you know, you have, well, I think it's ninety three or ninety seven meetings today, <laughs> because every time somebody wanted to schedule a meeting with you, I scheduled it for I think it was like May thirty first. And uh, she did the thing, you know, 30 days, has da 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 no January, da, da. And, he's, and But she, she didn't realize that she was actually scheduling them on a day that does exist. She thought she'd found some kind of a February 29th type loophole. And uh, <laughs> it is kind of it is kind of strange how much stuff like that, uh, like you say, it started somewhere when we knew less about lots of things. Yes. Um, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff like this. There's like the music of the spheres, this whole idea that, are like, you know, are the Western system of notation and music has a basis in the stars and or in the planets. And I don't know. It's I, I do agree with you, though. I think a metric month would be nice, although I guess it would be tedious and it would screw up a lot of people's advent calendars. A lot of the legacy uh, uh, legacy uh, calendars would, would have to be uh, redone. And people have tried. Remember Swatch? Swatch time? What was it called? What oh, yeah. Called? The, it was like the time of the internet. The... Um... S- Remember that? Swa- I Did people do. use that? I'm trying to remember no what it was that. called because the days had like beats or something. I don't remember. This is a long time ago. The first rule of swatch time is you do not talk about swatch time. 
Swatch Internet Time, or dot .beat time, is a decimal time concept introduced in 1998 by the Swatch Corporation as part of their marketing campaign for their line of Beat watches. Mm. Instead of hours and minutes, the mean solar day is divided into a thousand parts called dot .beats. Huh. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, people have tried. They were trying to get the metric system going when I was a kid. We had many, many, Dan, we had many, many film strips on, uh, on types of jobs you could have and the metric system. You know? Yeah, I Co- think... Ca- careers, and, careers and measurement were, were a big deal in the 70s. You know, I remember, I remember when they were trying to teach us the metric system in school, I felt like it was too late. Like we had already adopted. Yeah, we missed our window. Yeah, we missed it. We missed it. And I don't see how, you know, everything about, this is going to sound unpatriotic. I just want to go on record mm-hmm. and say that I am, I'm as patriotic as you're going to find. Okay. But this is going to sound Do you really anti- think that's true? No, this is going to be anti-American okay. what I'm about to say. That's fine. The metric system is kind of better. I think, um, and I, I'm parroting a thing a lot of, I've heard a lot of other people say, I think the metric system is better for everything except for the temperature of air. And height and weight and measurement of mm. mass and distance. Hmm. What does that leave you? Volume. I see like a liter. <clears throat> I use Kelvin to measure temperature. I, I don't, I, I don't I never met him. But, but you know, one thing that's nice to know is your bladder holds about a liter. So that's kind of nice. I remember hearing, I, I disagree on all of that, but it's funny. The, uh, the, thing, the <laughs> thing is, the thing they say, is, it is said that if you want to learn the metric system, the first thing you've got to do is stop trying to translate between the two. Translating between the two is understandable. Like if you're in, in Europe for a couple hours and need to figure out, you know, um, you know, it's not, I mean, how many of us actually have a really really strong, cohesive concept of what a mile is, for example, except as a known distance between two points. Like the distance between where I live and this area in town called West Portal is almost exactly a mile. And I know that like, for example, here to a grocery store in between is um, almost exactly half a mile. So like I can, so I can say to my kid, oh my gosh, you know, mom ran seven miles today. Mm -hmm. That's like from here to West Portal and back, you know, I guess it'd be three and a half times. Right. Yeah. I mean, having some kind of a framework where you're going to know, and I think it starts as a kid because I remember it when I was living in Florida, when I was a kid, we had this big circle that our development was on and there were these other developments. And like that circle was like a mile. And so I knew run around the circle, that's a mile. And so like in my mind, like I knew intuitively from then on for the rest of my life and still like the time it would take to get around. That's exactly the point I was hoping to make is that I, well, and like I learned, like when my mom was taking real estate classes, she would share some of these, um, oh, I pop in a three, six, five. Uh, LaCroix passion fruit. They don't have, but I did get uh, the water like this, Dan. Can't you go to a different Whole Foods? Well, none of them have it, but I went to the HEB and I found there's a Waterloo version of the lime that I tried. That's pretty good. Is that (laughs) anti-Semitic? Is it actually called Heeb? No one calls it that. It's yeah, H-E-B. I wouldn't call it that. I I, I would call it uh, you know the proud semite, <laughs> but yeah, not not title. But uh, hmm. no, well, no, it's proud, Dan. <laughs> Why are you so ashamed? Are you one of the self self-hating HEBs? Oh wow, we've gone there. <laughs> we've gone there now. Uh, I can I can say it. 
You can, yeah, sure. Right? You you can say, yeah, you can say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looks good on me. <laughs> um, no, I, but well, I guess so. Like, what was the one? Oh gosh, now I'm going to really screw this up. Uh, the way of remembering how many square feet are in an acre is uh, seven come seven come eleven seven come eleven gets you nothing, which I think is the mnemonic is. Oh, see, now I'm going to screw it up. I think it is thirty four thousand five hundred and sixty square feet. But you know how it is. Remember in bio class, there were all the mnemonics and like acronyms to memorize like the different systems. Sure. It didn't work great for me. Um, But um, I, I, uh, I, 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 I feel like you were a really good, powerful flashcard guy with like times tables and other things like that. Like I was a reluctant, but I think mostly successful flashcard guy. And I, I, my, my affection, I didn't like having to do flashcards as a kid. But if I'm being honest, I realized that it was pretty effective for me. And so when it came time for my kid to have to do flashcardy things, I went with flashcards because first of all, A, duh, cards. <laughs> but then also you get to do this wonderful thing, which is like, let's say for the sake of argument, you're running with the Decameron, you know, from Van Halen's first album. And you're running doing tens and you say, okay, let's say we got 10 things on cards that you need to learn. Let's uh-huh. go through them. And when you, when you've done that, even like, let's say twice, especially if you could even do this once, you end up with three piles, right? Cause you end up with, this is the one you got without any hesitation. This is the one you got with a little bit of help. And this is the one you totally didn't get. And then you can spend less time depending on how you want to try and reinforce success, you, mm-hmm. you don't have to keep going through the ones that you know over and over. And, but you also don't want to do just the ones that you didn't know. But like, if you know the ones you didn't know, you learn those. And then you go through the whole pile again and you see a, just a huge improvement over where you were before. Then you wait a few hours or days and do it again. And that's exact, that's the way that you can learn a language as an adult. You know what I mean? That's, that's the way you can Im- improve your uh, vocabulario and mm-hmm. Espanol. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I could do a flashcard. I like a flashcard. I can see you being really into flashcards. What makes like you say that, Dan? What is it about me that makes me seem flashcardy? Mm. Flashcardy B. <laughs> I think on I'm the really one... not awake yet, Dan. I'm really so I haven't even had coffee yet. <clears throat> no, that's fine. On the one hand, okay. I see I had coffee today and I don't usually have it. And I feel like a little co- bit full of coffee beans. Yeah, really yeah, okay. big time. I don't know. I feel like you like you like props. You like accoutrements. You like cards. Love you did props. the hipster PDA, so you're into the card world. Mm-hmm. I could see your 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 kid coming out and saying, "Oh, I got to memorize." You're like, did you say memorize? And you like you bring out the cards. You're like, well, here's how we're gonna do it. Here's a system. And like, I don't know. I feel like you'd be really mm-hmm. into it. Like solid. Kids despise enthusiasm, and they can smell it a mile away. <laughs> you come in enthusiastic about something, and you know there's a jam up underway. Mm-hmm. You know where you mm-hmm. go, like, oh, you love cookies. <laughs> and and they go okay. Why would you say I love cookies? Oh, because these are carob. It's just like chocolate. And you're like, oh, God, you're such a garbage parent. What are you giving me? Why, why don't you just feed me like poison ivy? Is that their like, term, oh. garbage? Garbage parent that they, kids use well, today. Well, you know, I learned it from learned it from watching you, Dad. Oh. My feeling. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I do like cards. Uh, learning can be very difficult. Um, and one thing um, a, fr- a friend of the show, Adam Neely, says is. Um, you know, neuroplasticity mm-hmm. is a big factor in stuff mm-hmm. like learning languages and with learning music. And a question, Adam, Adam Neely, uh, I'll find it for notes, uh, YouTuber I really, really like a lot. Uh, one, he does this question, question and answer time with Adam Neely. And then he does a lick. Anyway, uh, he, uh, he says neuroplasticity is an issue. So somebody writes in and says, oh my gosh, I'm 35. Is it too late for me to learn music? And of course, 
just he say he he says the thing you hope that he will say, which is of course it's not too late for you to learn music. But you know, you know, one person recently said, or and one I watched recently said, you know, is it too late for me to become a prodigy? And it's really well a priori. If you're over a certain age, it's probably too late for you to become a prodigy, not to pick nits, but that's usually, prodigy is generally thought of as somebody who's precociously good at something for their age. Right. So it's pretty hard to be precociously good for something at your age at 35 if you've never done it before. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, and I, I, I'm just, you know, parroting him here, but I find this to be true, neuroplasticity, the, your ability, the ability of your mind, such as it is, to change, learn new things, um, I think we, we lose a lot of that as we get older. Um, and, you know, again, again, to, to quote the great Kevin Kelly, you're only as young as the last time you changed your mind or the last time you agreed to become a prodigy with cards or otherwise, let's be honest. Um, I don't know. Uh, rabbits are fine. Um, Alex sent me a really good two rabbits and two cups, like that old, uh, you know, video. I was going to say, that's recalling <laughs> the olden days of the internet. Two rabbits, two cups. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> How many people were at the lemon party? Do you remember? Did you notice the gorilla passing pass the basketball? Huh? I didn't. Anyway, did you? I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I hate that I didn't notice it. It I kills me it, every time. I watched time. it three times and I only saw it once. I And now, of course, you can't not see it. But I've showed well, it to my kids, kids today, and they didn't see it either. Yeah, they didn't see it either. It's insane. It is, that's how misdirection works. That's how attention works. Uh, see, also a friend of the show, uh, you know, Apollo Robbins and his wonderful TED Talk, which I will find for notes. The ability to direct someone's attention is in many ways, it's, it's, it's at least in some sense a way to uh, control them and their, their sort of uh, perceptions. I also heard a really good podcast. I'm still, I'm still waking up. So we'll get to calendars. This is going to be the beginning of a huge arc on this program, I think, about yeah, calendars. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, what was the other thing I heard or read? It had to do with, oh, it was a really good episode of um, uh, Freakonomics where they talked to this fella who's written a, uh, written, wrote a book a real, pretty long time ago called not persuasion but it's basically about how how to persuade people to do things or how to like in a sort of more dark arts way how to like sort of control people and what Mm. they decide about things Mm -hmm. but you know enough of this wallowing in hypocrisy i have two bits of follow-up uh that are incredibly obscure but i still you know they're important to me so i want to share these two bits of uh not follow-up but of two tidbits and then I think we're going to talk about calendars in mm-hmm. some form or fashion. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Just for what to call in the business a teaser, what led to your uh, renewed or your, was, what did your recent interest in calendars? The word you're looking for is burgeoning. Where did your burgeoning come from? You know, I, I remember a, f- a number of weeks ago, I got this Google Nest hub. And oh, that's right. I mm-hmm. was trying to connect. This is, you know, this is for the listeners who don't Oh, pay and attention. this goes back to your wackadoo thing with not being able to get your account on there because you Correct. had the wrong kind of account. Correct. Yeah, and I, can, I continued to run into more stumbling blocks that related to using all of these amazing consumer-focused Google services with a what used to be called a G Suite and is now called a Google Workplace account, which is where you want to basically host your domain with Google services so it'll handle your email and all these other things. So it kind of gives you Gmail accounts, but because the and, and we had I had a little listener, a listener, a secret listener, a little listener. messaged me and said very small, very behind little, like the, a mouse. Yes, the tiny, like the little elf. And they, and they said, you know, behind the scenes, all of those Google services are completely different backend to the main Gmail services. And after they told me that, and they're like, you're never really going to see parity between the two. I said, fine. Whoa, 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 slow down the text. 
what 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 to say say give it to me pigs and bunnies what what what's happening what are you talking about okay so there is so, a... so when you say the different services like a lot of us think of uh, Gmail as sort of the has come to be at least for me the canonical well I guess alongside search. Uh, web search is the sort of the canonical Google yeah. service. You're mm-hmm. saying they're all like hooked up to different stuff and they well, only interact on so, purpose. So there was many years ago, Google came out with a suite of services that was geared toward, I guess it was toward businesses who wanted yeah. to yeah, use yeah, yeah, Google yeah. as their infrastructure. You can hang your domain name on all of their stuff. Right. Plus there were pluses and minuses to it. On the one hand, you got a lot of integration and easy scaling up. For medium-sized companies that you didn't get otherwise, but it's also a weird thing where like you wouldn't get some features until after it was in the consumer stuff. Exactly, and the reason for that is that the back end, even oh, though it looks the like G Gmail and, stuff, is not hooked up to the same right, thing as right, the Gmail stuff, right? Or GCal stuff, right? And oh, so, God. That's so weird. my accounts were all in that, and I wasn't really using just a regular straight-up Gmail account. So, like my YouTube, my premium YouTube was through the G Suite account. My calendars were in the G Suite. Mm. All of and and I was like missing all these features. And so, like, here's one feature I wanted to do. Like, I, my kids are both old enough that they, you know, I feel like okay, I'll give them access to my um, YouTube premium so that they don't have to watch the ads. Couldn't do that with the G Suite account, so I had to. Reese, so best, you know, can I just say again, every every four months, I need to say this: best money you'll spend this month. Oh, it's so good. It's the, I mean, and of course, yeah. Again, my my kid who spends at least probably as much time on YouTube as I do, getting the no commercial version of YouTube mm-hmm. and so no good. ads it's version so of YouTube. It's it's boy, talk about a thing where you don't realize it's off until you notice. Oh, right. Right. It, I it's know it. bad. I don't know how people do it. It's not that expensive, really. It really isn't. It really isn't. And if you think of it as a streaming service along the lines of whatever, Netflix, oh, Hulu. Yeah. I use it a lot more than Criterion. I do too. I'm using this yeah. thing all the I time. I pay for Criterion. I spend, I spend, uh, I generally spend about 35 minutes a month watching something on Criterion, about four hours a month putting things into my list on Criterion. <laughs> right. Because I went to liberal arts school and that's, that's, that's the what you do. do. That's what you do. So I said, you know you what? I'm just. Hub, you want to hook it up. I'm going to bite the bullet. I'll make Make a new Gmail account, not necessarily one that I'll use for email, but one that I'll use for all of these services and I'll move all my calendars and I'll get the YouTube premium service and I'll switch everything over. And I did it and it's like a billion times better. Everything just works now, except I cannot link my Netflix This is like in college when my band broke up and then they just reformed the band without me. It's the same thing as that. It's really the same thing. You've gone, you've gone to a lot of trouble <laughs> to, to like accomplish one thing by, by changing 40 things. But everything is better now. I did, I did all yeah, of that. That's adult life the one thing I want to complain about real quick, I cannot yeah. connect Netflix to the Google Nest Hub because every time I do it, it gives me this weird error. I tweeted about it. Some people said that's happening for me too. It's been happening all week. So anyway, I'm not worrying about that right now. Anyway, so I had to move all these calendars over and I started doing the, the thing that you know how when we talk about how I get a new Mac, I don't install anything until I need it. So I'm basically running as stock as possible. Running stock, running stock. So I, mm-hmm. I thought I'll do that with the calendar thing too. And I started creating these calendars. And so as I'm doing this, I realized I have not invested any time at all. Calendars and event notifications were like the thing I tried to avoid. You know, it's like you don't you don't want to think about it unless you have to do it. And I said, wait a minute, what if I got this all wrong? What if I need to think about calendars? As a good thing, not an enemy, not a nemesis, not a mm-hmm. rival to my my enjoyment of life, not uh, something that blocks me from living, but something that makes me live a better life. Yeah, who's the servant and who's the master? You know yeah, I mean? right? Yeah. 
And so I really embraced this whole calendar thing. And I, I talked to you a little bit about it. And I said that I, I know no one who knows more about effective use of, and that I do not mean this in a, uh, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a facetious way. I'm being legit. I don't know anyone who makes, who leverages and uses calendars better than you do. And so I asked, was asking you questions and then suddenly now this, it became. This might, be, this might be the best week of my life. Because yesterday <laughs> I spent over an hour talking not. to my friends, talking to John Roderick about uh, Roombas. And now, to, which I don't really have that much opportunity to talk about with other people. It's a fascinating world it's a very, and a very good episode. We're on a good run right now. Uh, but um, I don't know if I know more about calendars. I'm not trying to be difficult. I think I, I, I'm going to say this. <laughs> Something I can say with some degree of confidence, um, unless you have terrible relationships with terrible people, you're not going to meet many people that have thought more about it than me. Mm-hmm. And, and one reason I find calendars, meaning calendars and Roombas, let's be honest. It's called a mapping run. Look it up. But the um, the thing with uh, the thing with calendars is like it really does land in so email sort of kicked off uh, you know I don't know my fame or infamy with this stuff I think meeting stuff meeting stuff is something I end up doing a lot of talks and thinking about but mm-hmm. a thing that's so persistent because it's such a it's either unsolved or unsolvable problem in some ways no no I'm gonna take that back one of the more solvable problems is calendars and the reason I thought about it so much is that even in the absence of tools that always do what we think we want, there's a plain fact that exists in the world, which is that if you if you dedicate yourself to using a calendar and following, you know, setting your own rules for what that calendar is, what it is for, and how what your own personal culture around a calendar is going to be, like I do think that is a problem that can be solved. And I've thought about it a lot because... I, I think tools are interesting. I think philosophy by itself can be pretty dull, but I am a believer that to really utilize a tool, and, and really both of those, the tool and the philosophy are both in the service of improving your life or making your life, I don't know, less difficult, less complicated, whatever, however you want to think about it. I do think calendar stuff is such, an, in my head, is such an interesting confluence of, uh, of tool and philosophy. Because a tool without a philosophy, or as I said, a praxis, however you want to think about it, like just using a tool and using it wrong, oh, bad mojo. Like you're going to have a lot of hurt thumbs if you never figure out hammers. But on the other hand, a philosophy, <laughs> a ruminative, you know, philosophy about calendars is not going to be any good unless you put it in practice. And again, set those rules and culture for yourself. So I would be thrilled to talk about that. I have to imagine that it will stretch way beyond one episode, even if we just talk about Google calendars. Mm-hmm. But as I said, it's difficult for me to just say, oh, here is tool without also bringing in the philosophy, which is a pretentious word, but I think you'll see what I mean. How, how do we approach calendars? Like in thinking about what we do and very importantly, do not put on a calendar, mm-hmm. how does that reflect our values? Yes, our values. If you have a value of being on time for stuff, you're probably going to need a calendar. If you're young and don't need a calendar, enjoy it while you can. But as you become less young, you may find it beneficial, you know, in the same way that you might want to start using the handrail or the ramp, you might want to start getting ready for a future where you'll do better if you lose the conceit of thinking you will, can, and should remember everything because you're not an alarm clock and you're not a whiteboard. You're just a big, a big pooping meat machine (laughs) and you're going to need some help. And that help will only come if you apply the right philosophy to it. Otherwise, wrong ladder, wrong wall. Love this. Well, I'm glad because I have a lot to learn. And um, right. I don't and, know about that. Well, I bought a Zippo. I don't even smoke, and I got a Zippo recently. I haven't had. 
Yeah. Did you get it engraved? Oh, that's not that. Did, Did you, you feel, feel it? I can, st- I, can st- I can still do it. I can do the first half. Oh, I can with do the, f- the opening. I, I can do the opening. I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can still do the. Ah, I did it. Second try. Well, you got to break the zippo in. You got to spend God, a couple days good. to flipping it. It smells so good. Did you feel it? I don't it? like my zippo to get too loose. I like to still have some tightness to it. So for people who don't know, what Merlin's describing is you take your thumb. Now, I did it this way. Maybe you have a different way I'm of doing it. I'm doing the one where I got my thumb on the bottom. Thumb on the and bottom and two fingers two on the top. Two fingers. Yeah, and you do this. Bunk. Yep. Yeah, that sounds easy, but it took some time. Yeah. And then, and then you get the flick. Or you like, a, what do you call it? Snapping your fingers? Yes. Yep, there it is. Oh, God, it smells good. Uh, my suggestion, uh, I would like to, if I may, uh, we have one sponsor this week, correct? Correct. A beloved sponsor. But mm-hmm. what I'd love to do is tell you two fairly quick uh, bits of uh, unnecessary, you know what? We can probably skip. I, how about if I just do one? I do one because the other one is so obscure and involves task paper. What if I do one thing I learned this week, you tell me about something you like, and then we, we dive uh, b- butt long into calendar. I like that. Let's do it. Sounds like a plan. John, John Syracuse mentioned something on um, uh, ATP. I believe it's ATP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, changed my game. Uh, and it's an Apple TV trick. If any of y'all have Apple TV, you know, there's things to like, things to not like. One of the things I, I don't, haven't overtly thought about this a lot, except insofar as like it's, I realized it's bugged me at just sort of a humming background level. Like, and maybe it's just me, but I got a pretty big TV. But I look at my TV, I'm on the home screen, I see the lozenges. Sometimes it's very difficult for me to see what is the selected button. I, I doubt that I'm the only person in the world. I think it's at least me and John Syracuse. But this led to the title of that episode, which is, I think I shouldn't have to wiggle, which is everybody who says, oh yeah, but like, if you're on the thing, you just move side to side, the, the, the button will wiggle. And I happen to agree. I should not have to hit a do button when I'm trying to do a control thing. Like, that's crazy. It's like, that's, that way lies madness. Long story short, here's something John pointed out that I, I had not known, uh, which is that, once again, once again, under accessibility, there's a great thing you can do. Okay, and this is in show notes for this episode. What you can do is I'm clicking because I want to say the right thing. Mm-hmm. Do, do you understand the, the problem statement here, what I'm trying to say? If you're flipping around on the home screen, mm-hmm. don't you find it a little difficult sometimes without doing something? Can you just look at the screen real quick and like quickly see which button is currently Not selected? always. Not always. So what do you have to do? Like, like move it. Like you got to move it around. Say. You, move, you it. move it around. Yeah. Should you have to? You shouldn't have to wiggle. It's like no. John said. But here, check this out. You know what you can do? This hmm. is called. There's a. I got a link to Apple support in here. Um, increase Apple TV screen contrast, which does what it says, but a lot more. So you go to settings. Uh, this isn't going to be like that feature where you make basically make Mac OS look like uh, oh, System 7, is it? You know yeah, that. it's exactly like that. Is it's it? It's skinning. Yeah, everything's cyberpunk now. <laughs> um, what's it called? Uh, holoscope? Gyroscope? What was that thing called? What was the thing that made your Mac ugly? What was that called? That? Oh, yeah. I, I do remember seven, that thing. Yeah. 7 yeah. and 8 where you can make it look steampunk or yellow? Yeah. What do you on next? I'm looking Man. it up. I'm looking it up. It's okay. Kaleidoscope. That's it. Kaleidoscope. Um, yes. Go to settings on your Apple TV. Go to accessibility, uh, increase contrast, focus style. Go to focus style and then select high contrast. And now that's not deceptive, but it doesn't really tell you the beauty part of this, which is guess what? Now there's a giant ass outline around whatever is selected. A mm. big white it might actually be kind of technically like a like a, with padding, you know what I mean? But like you get a big white 
Sorry, I'm thinking about like in CSS and learning the difference. But is this going to be like the thing where you um, you glance over? Let's just say someone advanced in age, you glance over at their phone and like they can only have you know five or six words on the screen because it's enlarged so much. Is this? Yeah, it's called having bad eyesight, Dan, and it's something most Americans eventually. I know. I'm asking, is this on par with that? No, it's not on par with that. It's it it is it is. I mean, I guess kind of. I'm not sure what the bid is. But it mainly is I'm looking at it, like so many things in accessibility, like the triple tap or double tap on the back of your iPhone. There's so much great stuff hiding in accessibility that is wonderfully there to help people who have some kind of like, or the new stuff on Apple Watch, like for people who have, oh, what's the term, but like have access to a single limb. There's weird stuff. You can literally have a weird flex. You can flex your wrist to do stuff on your watch now. That's primarily so great for folks who need that. But like, there's this weird, uh, is it a Venn diagram? It's the most basic Venn diagram. It has just this one bit of overlap. Like not everybody who has accessibility issues needs all these things that are useful for improved UX. But like pretty much everybody who wants better UX can benefit from a lot of this accessibility stuff. And I'm just here to tell you, just try it out. You go to set on your Apple TV, you go to settings, accessibility, increase contrast, and then focus style. Um, and it works everywhere. So wherever you go on your Apple TV, it's going to be much clearer what you're looking at. I've done so many of these things on my phone. Um, I always think, because I get up in the morning, da-da-da-da, I look at my phone, and I think, oh, God, everything's so tiny. And that's really just because I'm not awake. I can see my phone fine, mostly. Uh, but I've done a bunch of stuff. You know, one that may not be pretty, but I always turn on the thing in accessibility that makes everything into more of a button. So like, there's a thing you can do. Like if you go and you just look at a home screen, like for example, if you handed your phone to somebody in let's say 1998, let's say the glory days of Yahoo, you hand somebody your phone and you go, okay, use the phone. They'd be like, what? Like what? Yeah. Like, I don't even like, it's just one piece of glass and you click on stuff. Cause what's a button? Well, ever since they, they sent, you know, poor, poor Scott Forstall packing, we don't really have buttons anymore. We've got areas you can explore to discover whether thing is doable. But you know what you can do is flip on a thing on your phone that basically adds an underline to every bit of text that is an, uh, is an affordance, is a button. And it's the best. So like wherever you go now, when there's text that is clickable, it gets an underline, just like Yahoo. It doesn't do blue and purple like back in the day. But I think stuff like that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think there's just so much stuff where it's worth experimenting. You know, here's a real, real no-brainer for folks who are all high and mighty about their youth that will exist forever and their their perfect health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, in um, in the control center, what's it called? I was called the wrong thing. Uh, the one I'm on... always like two uh, two OSs behind on what things are called. I thought it was called the, control center. Still, the switchy clicky that you pull down yeah, on the still, right. Yeah, control center. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's one in there where you see the letters, and if you click on that, there's a real easy just slide up and down. Where you'll probably be, if you're like me, you're on default. But sometimes you just want to like lay in bed with your phone not all the way on bright and mm-hmm. be able to use it. Mm-hmm. And you can just go and really quickly turn off and on like big ass sizes. It's, uh, there's, I don't know. I just think stuff like that is great. I'll skip my other one, which is about being able, I figured out a way to have subcontext in task paper using parentheses. But that's probably too obscure. And time waits for no, uh, no they. <laughs> so we are going to talk about... First of all, Dan, where would people go to find show notes for? Don't tell. Don't tell you me. Don't me to tell you? Episode five. Episode five through three of five through three of your back to work program. Where would people go for that? They're going to go to back to work dot limo slash five three three five three three. Yeah. 
Um, and perhaps you'd like to tell me about something that you like. I would love to tell you about Masterclass. Masterclass. Mm. Masterclass. So think of it. It is an app. But that's it's, not Master Cleanse, right? That's a different thing. It's a whole different thing. That's an 80s okay. thing. That's this where is a dominant now. man makes you, you drink, uh, makes you drink uh, jalapeno sauce and lemon. Yes. Okay. Master Cleanse. Continue. <laughs> hey, Dan, why don't you tell me about something you like? Is it Masterclass? I'd like to tell you about Masterclass, Merlin. This is Masterclass. What even is that? You, you can watch this on your phone. You can watch it on in a web browser. You can watch it on Apple TV. They don't, offer don't boss me. <laughs> classes on tons of topics. They're taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. And each class is broken out into individual video lessons. You can also get these awesome downloadable materials, all of which... You explore at your own pace. So they've got hundreds of these lessons. There's more than 75 of today's most brilliant minds. You can watch them anywhere, anytime. iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV. The way it works is beautiful. you can they're get all, it. You they're can all get beautiful. A, they're all different. They're all beautiful. They're all different. Yeah, thank it you does, for saying that. It doesn't look like right. somebody being interrogated in a police room. I, I always <laughs> mention the, um, the one with Ron Howard is amazing. I love the director ones. I uh -huh. love the one with David Lynch. They all looked, it's just the production values on this stuff are great. I tried to watch three different videos about folding knives last night, and I, I had to just close them all. And I was very interested in the Black Mamba. I don't think I'm going to buy one, but I wanted to look at them. But all of them were so, it's not, it's not YouTube. Can I say, can, are we allowed to say that? Can we say a brand yes, name? Yes, I, I don't. It's not like a freely available social media shared site. These are really, these are little films that will teach you things. Masterclass. Awesome. Masterclass. Little I films. just want people to know that, Dan. I worry they're going to think it's they're just going to pay pay extra for YouTube, and it's not. They're really good, and they're people you know and people you respect. You get a Shonda. They have Shonda on there. That's right. So Masterclass, they have, the way that works, I was just going to tell you about this. You, you can get a single class if you're like, I just want the one thing. I just want one thing. It's 90 hmm. bucks. That's how much it costs. It's 90 bucks. But wow. you can get an all-access pass for 180 bucks a year, and you get access to everything. Everything. So- the the one there's tons and tons. Is the equivalent of, of buy two get everything free? Yes. Because are you my understanding right? You could go and you could get one, and then that's that amount of money. But you pay a little more than that, and you get everything. Is that right? Is it Sedaris or Sedaris? Is how you say David? David or name. Amy? David. Sedaris. So he's got a thing on there about humor and personal essays. Um, mm. Chris Voss teaches the art of negotiation. The one that I've been watching. Chris Voss, the negotiator guy? That, that's the guy. He's great. He's on I've there seen now. videos with him. He's awesome. He's I on love there. that guy. That's what I'm saying. But Neil Gaiman is on there. And I just got to say, guy. he's got 19 lessons in, in his thing. And he talks about... If you don't know who Neil Gaiman is, it doesn't Neil matter. Gaiman, come on. You, but, he did, he did uh, Coraline. Yes. He did the, the sleep comic. Sandman. What's it called? Sleeping Man? Sandman. He did sleep. Yeah, he's talented. So good. And he basically teaches like how he comes up with ideas and how to create convincing characters and how to create like entire work. So if you're like a writer or you want to be in, you want to like do comics or you want to do movies or like all of this stuff, he is such a genius. Like this is the kind of people that they have on there and they're filmed, like you said, they're so filmed so well. They're so, so awesome. I love, of all the things you could spend 180 bucks on, the the kind and this is the kind of like my kids will watch this. I'm like, what are you watching? Oh, I'm watching this. And they're like, wow, I didn't, you know, like it's so good. It's so good. And uh, and so here's the thing: you're going to get unlimited access to every masterclass. As a back to work listener, you'll get 15 percent off the annual all access pass. All you need to do 
is go to masterclass.com slash back to work. They want me to say it twice. Masterclass.com slash back to work. You will get 15% off masterclass. Do yourself a favor and go there and do this. It is really, really awesome. So thanks very much to Masterclass for making this show possible, Merlin, man. Masterclass, buck, buck. Um, Dan, would you agree that in the amount of time that you were doing everything after you said the name Chris Voss, would you agree that it would probably be implausible even with my skills as a former designer and, and former uh, technologist and former large animal veterinarian, wouldn't you agree I don't have time to do a pretty good screenshot? I, I Just made up. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Dan, can I ask you, please, is this your card? Could you please open your text messaging program and read the titles of the last four videos that I have watched on Masterclass? <laughs> All right. I'm going to read them. Creativity and the Writing Process by David Lynch. Labeling by Chris Voss. Introduction by Warner Herzog. And Introduction... Yep. By Ron Howard. Uh, number two is Chris Voss. Chris, Chris Voss. Voss. I feel like I want to say I heard him on something else too. But I think he's the guy. I think he's the, because I, I love this kind of stuff. You know me, I go down a rabbit hole on the whole, yeah. like explain your job kind of right. stuff on podcasts and YouTube. But I feel like he, he does, he talks a lot about just negotiation, right? And like, and like, I think he's the guy who talks about like having, in order to like really negotiate, you have to have empathy for the other person and understanding and you don't win by like bossing people around and right. stuff like that. Right. <laughs> I just suddenly, why am I remembering this? This is amazing. There's a, there's a comedian I have stolen fairly liberally uh, from, and what is his name? Uh, is it's not, uh, it's not, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, somebody it's the guy is Larry, Larry Miller. I want to say, is that mm. a comedian? Larry, Larry Miller, Miller. that's, yeah. Um, Larry Miller, I've stolen, there's a bit, there's a bit, I've stolen a Larry Miller bit. I think he's the one who says- Five levels uh, of the, drinking. Oh, that's funny. That's, that's, his, that's, that's old, thing. but that's funny. I think he has the, he, I know he, I feel like he has that bit about, um, oh, you know, and then when women, say, women say, oh, you know, we have, uh, we have a sex drive <laughs> too. And he says- <laughs> You have no idea. It's like, it's like throwing a bullet instead of shooting it. <laughs> He's so funny, but I'm remembering he, you're going to remember this role once I remind you, the wonderful movie Best in Show about people on their way so to a good. dog show. So good. Do you remember when um, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara go and they visit, they visit her old- That's uh, him? Her old- yeah. Oh, that's and, he's so good. He's so I didn't realize it was him. With the army man standing yes. on the roof. Yes. And Larry Miller's job in that he's a hostage negotiator who's never They always jump. They always they jump. All, they always jump. They always jump. <laughs> and he's just screaming at his kid to get off the roof. I will that's gouge your eyes out with my thumbs. <laughs> just watched that movie like 2 weeks underpants. ago. Mm. <laughs> it's such a good movie. I love how Fred oh. Ward's like that handler looks familiar to me. Oh my as god. She's walking he's, across the and the, the English guy is such a perfect straight man mm -hmm. in that bit. Do you like Fred Willard? I loved Fred. Fred Willard is why I wanted to do I know. Uh, like TV talk radio stuff. I'm going to give you homework because I have yeah. a feeling, Dimes to Donuts, that you have not watched the Netflix. And this is really quick. I'm going to ask you to watch one sketch. Um, you probably have not seen the Netflix series that I am obsessed with called I Think You Should Leave. I have not seen I Think You Should Leave. I'm going to point you to what I believe to be Fred Willard's last piece of work. Oh, yes. And okay. he is in a sketch. You I might have told me about this because when I just Googled it just now, the, the guest, he's the uh, substitute uh, organist. 
Okay. I'm going to put this in show notes. Mm-hmm. New Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, it is everything that you can love. Well, I mean, there's a lot to love about Fred Willard. There's also the bit where like, you can put a clock on this. He does something like, he does something like seven dentist jokes in 10 seconds, like ad libs, you know, in that, that one scene where with, uh, you know, that's in, now I'm thinking of, um, uh, the other one, uh, the one called waiting for Guffman. That's another great one. Yes. I, 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 I never saw that one. Apparently Fred Willard can just go all day. You know, he's like, he's so like a, an Arlie Ermy where he, he will, he will, he could go all day with tennis balls out his head and he will never repeat himself. Mm-hmm. I remember him on Fernwood tonight. That's where I first saw him. Oh, that's, on, that's back in the day. That isn't that? spinoff of Mary Hartman mm-hmm. with, um, Martin Mull. Mm-hmm. It was such a weird show. Such a weird show. Anyway, um, Fred Willard was, was a blessing. I know he's a weird guy. Whatever. Um, was he a weird Larry guy? Miller. I don't know. You know, I always meet your heroes. Just always have your hero be yourself, and you'll always be disappointed. The more you know, let's talk about calendars. Yeah, let's talk about calendars. Let's talk about something important. Oh, <clears throat> now I'm tired. I'm winded. Oh, mm. 41 minutes. We're fine. I'm Do you need to lay down? or? I'll, you know what? I'm going to take off my cans and then remove my warrior sweatshirt. Is that okay? Is that oh, your, I your mention, kitten? I have a sweatshirt you, from the movie. Your kitten sweatshirt? The one with the big kitten on it? No, no, no. Warriors, come out and play. Ow, ow, ow. Okay. All right. Okay. Whew, cans are on. Oh, God, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Well, uh, Dan, one thing I did. Um, uh, oh, yeah, here's a freebie for everybody. Uh, and if you know, you know, you know, you know. Um, you can go to Google. And I just want to remind you of this. If you're looking for something, like, for example, I have occasion, like this morning, to find something in show notes for uh, Dan's program, Back to Work. Um, and you might be aware of this. I'm going to remind you. Uh, one of my favorite... Yeah, they've kind of gotten us out of the whole like advanced search Boolean thing, although I still use it constantly. Learn about, um, we're using Google, learn about, you know, or in caps. You know, on Google, everything's an implied and, but or is also great at the end of your query. Put several things between ors, the mm-hmm. best, mm-hmm. like a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, sorry, a dinghy. I should start over. What you do is you go <laughs> into your little location bar and you say site colon, not the butt, site colon, 5x5.tv slash B2W. What? That's crazy. Yeah, site colon. You're limiting, you're you're constraining the results to that website that you've specified. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a domain, but also it's a path. You can also search on a path. So you do slash B2W and then type whatever you want. So I went to site colon, 5x5.tv slash B2W, and then I type calendar. And then you get all the pages in that domain or at that domain, at that folder directory or lower that contain that word. And it's the best. And I'm here to tell you, uh, we've done a lot of things about calendars on here. This is, there's nothing new. I think it was Seneca. I forget who said this. Uh, Mrs. Olson. Somebody said there's nothing new under the sun. And uh, we know that's true in Florida. There's a lot of sun and very little new. And we know Oscar Wilde says the wor- only, only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. Hmm. Right? He says, you know, lo- losing, losing uh, one parent is a tragedy, but losing two seems like carelessness. So we know that this is known. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say to you is we've talked a lot about calendars. Wait, you said Calendar you weren't stuff. awake yet. You're on fire right now. Uh, I don't know if I'm on anything. But the, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, I think it bears repeating. Also, every day somebody's born who's never heard us talk about calendars. Now, that, uh, here's what I want to do. I want to start when we're yes, talking about calendars, we're going to be specifically talking about Google calendars. Is that right? Am in I part, understanding that part, right? Or does this part, apply part, to everything? Dan, what did I say in the text? I can't talk about tool usage in calendars 
without slathering it liberally with a mayonnaise sauce of my own design. And that is called philosophy and praxis. We need to talk about what a calendar is for. I'm going to tell you what a calendar is for for me. Now, what I can tell you and everybody, especially Dan, you're in such a fortunate position to be starting over. You've got uh, whatever Syracuse calls it, uh, green ocean, you know, blue fields, you know, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and rainbow unicorns or whatever's in a lucky charms. Right? right? You're starting over. You're mm-hmm. starting fresh. Yeah, this is a fresh, a f- completely fresh slate. This is an opportunity not to screw things up. That's right. That's why I'm so worried about it. I want to do anything wrong. I know. This I is the, the rest of my way. life. Yep, yep, yep. That's, you know, that was Grape Nuts. Grape Nuts was the one that said today's the first day of the rest. That's a different cereal. And I don't mean the one with Sarah, Sarah Koenig and the quarter notes. That would be a good name for a band. Sarah mm-hmm. Koenig and, and the quarter notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tink, tink, tink. You know, she invented podcasts. Yeah, it's a funny thing. Um, Praxis, yes. So this, the genesis of this uh, is that Dan has uh, had to do uh, do a, a Bluefield development on calendars and had some questions. Well, you weren't really like asking for advice, but it was more like, well, how do you do this thing? And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh God, don't ask. <laughs> it's like John Roderick and me talking about Roombas. I'll be here all day. But I think I do have some things that may be useful to share. The, the point I'm trying to make is that as with so many things, it may sound like I'm yelling at you to be like me and follow the rules that I follow or to obsess in the way I obsess. And I, I, I would regret if that's what you walked away with because what I really want to say is I want to show you my enthusiasm for the way that I do this mm-hmm. in the hopes that it will inspire you to develop enthusiasm for the way that you want to do it. I love that. And that is the, that's your negotiation. That's the Voss technique. Empathy, <laughs> empathy for your nemesis. I'm going to find that. I'm going to find that somewhere. Oh, I also have to do Apollo Robbins. Um, which oh, the, like the thing between... that Kubrick, Kubrick did, the hidden thing in the... I think it's Steven, Steven Spielberg. AI. Also, we should talk about the James Cameron sci-fi series. Um, write that down, please. Capture that. James um, Cameron sci-fi. So what is there to say about Google Calendar at the, at the outset? Well, you know, do you use the calendar app that works for you. I do prefer using Google Calendar. I have... Um, I've used many others, and I, I know a lot of folks who trust and prefer Apple. Very, very little of what I say today is going to be germane only to Google Calendar. And the thing that I struggled with was what I was saying to Dan last week. With regard to Google Calendar, I feel so dumb that I can't find this. And I said something very sort of um, condescending to you that I didn't mean to be condescending. But something like, oh, as you know, Bob, the, um, your primary calendar on Google Calendar is special, gets more abilities, gets more stuff. And then I tried to find a goddamn link. I even went to, I went to the, um, the API and dev documents, and I could not find an explicit definition. But all I can tell you is that one way that Google Calendar is at least somewhat potentially different from other ones is that there's like a default or primary calendar in Google Calendar that you use for stuff, and it lets you do more stuff with it, have more flexibility. All you really need to know, because that's all I can really share, if anybody can find that, please uh, tweet tweet that at me. The the explicit definition of, and not, not just that there is a difference, but what is it specifically that you can do on a primary calendar you can't do on others? I say this only because that's an interesting nudge, right? So if I said to you, okay, there's this calendar or calendar app that you're going to use, and there's all I'm going to tell you is there's one calendar that's, that's a little more special and magical than any other ones. Wouldn't that potentially change the way you think about how you do it. Mm-hmm. Like when you make folders, there's only a few folders on your Mac that are really special. 
Um, I mean, you know, obviously there are things under slash library that are special, but your home directory is special. But once you're inside your home directory, there's not that many special directories. Yes, there's another Tilda library, but you take what I mean. If you go to your desktop and create untitled folder and then put six folders underneath it, there is not one of those folders that all other things being equal is going to be any different than any of the other folders. This sounds very simple, but I think it's not. If you went into, or think about index cards, there's no primacy of any given card in the index cards. They're all just blank cards to do stuff with. Mm -hmm. Well, the difference here is, think about what if you had to, what if you had to, because there's no way to get rid of your primary calendar, which makes a lot of sense. If you started out with the idea that I have a calendar, you know, if you have one calendar to, to rule them all, and then thousands of, potentially thousands of other ones, would that change the way you approach it? Because I know for me, it would. So if I just said to you, all calendars are the same, I think there's a chance a lot of people would go and ad hoc in the same way that we set up a new app by creating tags and context before mm -hmm. we put any content in. Big mistake. I think there are people who would say, well, I had this very intellectual idea about how to do this. So I'm just going to go make, you know, I'm going to make a calendar, you know, called sports and I'll make a calendar called books and I'm going to make a calendar called short books and I'm going to make a calendar called magazines. And like, you know, well, what are you doing? Well, what you're doing in those kinds of cases, and I realize that's not for that's something silly that everyone's going to do. What if I told you that all of the things being equal, there's a benefit to putting as much as you can not as much as you can, but things that do belong on your calendar, which we're going to get to in a second. What if I told you that there is a benefit to putting them in that one place until they really need to be someplace else? Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it, do, it, it does. And I think this is the kind a minimal of... Minimal number, minimal... So think about David Allen's Getting Things Done and Inboxes. Mm -hmm. As David says in the wonderful book, Getting Things Done, if you don't have a single inbox, if you don't have an inbox in your life, your entire life turns into an inbox. Mm -hmm. You have not set aside a place where unprocessed things go. And so if you're ever wondering why everything you own or have access to has suddenly become a clutter bomb, it's probably because you have not set aside one place to be an inbox. That's just one example. Mm -hmm. But what if I, what if I thought, hey, has this ever happened to you? What if I ever, what if I said to you instead, what if every, every personal deal that you've made with others? Sure. What if every deal you've made with yourself to be somewhere doing something on the planet at a given time, on a given day, what if I said to you, those belong in one and only one place? And not that many things actually belong there. Would you put that on 60 calendars or would you probably put that on one calendar? It's a trick question. Go for it. Say one calendar. One calendar, Merlin. One calendar, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to eliminate the number of places. This goes for email. This goes for anything that causes you to overthink or procrastinate. It might be because you have not decided the possible outcomes or locations for something to go. We'll return again. I will never get away from the idea of cutlery. Cutlery not only goes in the cutlery drawer, it not only goes in the cutlery tray, but the salad forks go in the salad fork area. They don't go in the attic just because I have more room up there. There's a place where that belongs. There's, there's salad forks are always in the salad fork slot, and there's never a wolverine in the salad fork spot. 
or in the attic just because there's room there. That's not where Wolverine goes, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying to you here. Let's start with this, like maybe step zero, arguably, is, and, and I do want to go next to the philosophy, but understand that you've got your basic calendar. You can name it what you want, your primary calendar. And in, uh, in the absence of further decision-making or furthermore, or further information about this, just take it on faith that you want to minimize the number of calendars you have. And you have a lot of encouragement right now to just have one. Now, does that mean everything has to live on one Google Calendar forever? No. I'm going to give you four probably examples of calendars I have found useful that are not my primary calendar. And spoiler alert, they either involve mainly other people mm -hmm. or they involve things I want to know had happened but don't need to do anything about because now it's the future where we all will live, uh -huh. right? There's each one. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about something important. Let's get to the meat of this. Yes. And, uh, you know, Dan, I think it might be beneficial for us to break this off into, uh, into a few uh, sessions. Make it a series like that one we did on uh, getting things done, David Allen Co. 2099, whatever it was. Yep, yep, 2099. That was, yeah. that was a good, uh, good movie. <laughs> um, I'm, I, gosh, see, I, I'm very, I've, I want to make the noise again. You ready? Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh, what if I what if I assure you or promise you that mm. I will do a shorter version of this a, this, a shorter version of the philosophizing as I can just to get the ball rolling? Okay. Just because I think it's unconscionable not to talk about this stuff um, without going into the philosophy. And then how about we talk specifically about what's what's on your noodle right now? Yeah. About Google, Google Calendar in particular. Is that okay? Yeah. 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 And, and one thing that I wanted to kind of ask you about, and maybe you're going to hit this. So if you are, just stop me before I go too long That's into fine. it. But the one, the one, the way that I have started to think about this mm -hmm. is if you think of the service that's behind the scenes, in this case, we're talking about Google Calendar as just, and again, this helps me with my, sort of life coming from the software development world. Life, life is about framing and context, Dan. Good point. So if you think about the Google Calendar service as simply, that's the place where you store your data. And then there is, it's the database almost of calendaring information. And it's the thing that ties your calendar into other people's calendars and shares and all of that. Then you have different views or portals into that data repository, that data store. One of those is calendar.google.com. Another might be iCal. Another might be Microsoft Outlook. Another might be Fantastical. In other words, mm -hmm. all of these are different views or methods to access what is an initial data yeah, store. Yeah, Google stores all those rows. Right. But then you get to present it different ways, which is, like I said to you, one of the reasons I love Fantastical is the degree of granularity of, for example, we don't need to go too far in the weeds, but, <clears throat> excuse me, on my Mac with Fantastical, um, I could say, for example, uh, at this time of day or when I arrive at this location, pull up this set of calendars. I can have innumerable, this is again another benefit of something like OmniFocus. Just because I have all of the information doesn't mean I always have to see all the information. I mean, as we'll talk about in a sec, everything in there should be valuable. Otherwise, why would it be there? I mean, you don't put compost in your safe deposit box. That's nuts. Right. So like... But like the ability to say, when I arrive at work, I need to see these kinds of things, but not those kinds of things. I don't need to see the warrior schedule. I don't need to see upcoming movies and TV shows on a calendar. I don't even need to see my kid's uh, you know, calendar for school. All that stuff can be hidden, and it just shows these three calendars I might want to see. It doesn't mean I can't see it, but it means that when I sit down, I don't have to think about it. I know I've said that in my environment, when I sit down under these conditions, these are the kinds of things I want to see. Yeah, so I, I take your point. 
And then well, I think what's important that, about once, we've, that, once it, we've thought of that is, well, like, how does that change the way you think about it? Right. And that's the big part of it for me is that if you're, if your experience <laughs> using calendars is iCal, which I think is actually just confusingly just called calendar now, um, yeah, which, which is fine. It's fine. It's like, fine. But if that's your experience, <laughs> if that's the sum total of your experience, calendars kind of suck. No offense oh, to, yeah. no offense to calendar, but like they kind of suck. But like if you, if you're using the Google calendar website or you're using something like Fantastical or whatever, or busy Cal, yeah. yeah, it completely changes the whole perspective. And this is something that I had never, I had never looked past just calendar. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and, really? oh okay. That's, that's so interesting. Cause it's a fun, it's a fun joke to make fun of Merlin. It used to be for having four or five calendars, uh, calendar apps on iOS. Like, why would you need those? You only why have a few calendars. Right. Well, why would you need that? Except that, dude, they all sync. Sync is a solved problem mostly at this point. And believe me, there's sometimes, there are things I would rather do in Fantastical. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's like seeing a musician, like, why would you have more than one microphone? Or like, why would you have more than one string on your guitar? It's like, well, they all have to play together, man. And like I, for Fantas- Fantastical is actually, is increasingly great for lots of things, but there's nowhere else I would want to go for entering things. Fantastical's widgets on iOS are unbelievable and, and so flexible, but there are other kinds of things where it used to be time was, there were even huger differences because if I'm on my tiny little iPhone 5 screen, there, believe me, there are some calendar apps I'm not going to use to see a year because it's just, it's pointless. It's looking at a breadboard and trying to figure out where the circuit goes. Whereas there are other apps that handle that better. You don't have to choose. You don't have to choose one email app. You don't have to choose one calendar app. And you know what? And you don't have to choose one per operating system or per device. Even you can no, have, and you like, can have three a, on your phone. This is a great example though of economizing in the wrong way. Like why don't you economize on what goes on that calendar instead of fussing about how I decide what app I'm going to use to open it. My calendar is like, uh, it's, not bulletproof, but I am pretty dogged about my calendar because it what's, it's what keeps the demon dogs at bay. Mm-hmm. It's not a hobby for me in the way that other things are, but like I would say, like check yourself before you wreck yourself. As John would say, check your six. Like you, if you, when you get better at, <laughs> at using the calendar, you will see benefits from using these different apps. You're not going to see any benefit from any app if you're just pouring any amount of garbage onto your calendar, which gets us to the philosophy. And I'll go through this real quick. As quick as I can, anyway. Because I have so much to say about calendars, Dan. And, and why, why do I have so much to say about calendars? Because a calendar is a map for your time. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it's basically the decisions that you have made about your life. A calendar is the decisions you have made about your future. A calendar, I mean, I don't want to over-soliloquize this, but like if you're not using a calendar, well, well, first of all, you better, I'm not trying to sound, I don't sound mean about it. But like, this is the glass that holds your temporal water. You need this. Nothing goes in there that's not a good thing. So, so why am I so wound up about this? Because I want to use my calendar, like any productivity app or productivity affordance, mm-hmm. I want to use it as little as possible. Well, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it? Well, that's not the point. The point is I won't need to look at it all day because it'll tell me things I need to know when it's time to tell me. Sure. Right. And, and again, things like alerts. So we're we're going to get into all of this, like how to have uh, shorter defaults and fewer alerts and then make both more valuable. We're going to talk about things like how to use the URL field, how to use the notes field, how to be a good global citizen with calendars and when you're sending things to other people, how to be unambiguous about what something is on the calendar. 
And a lot of it, let's go straight back to, to St. David and uh, getting things done. Because there's so much I, le- I learned, picked up, operationalized from getting things done that it's ironic that the actual sort of system at the core of getting things done, the, the GTD, you know, multi-step system, uh, I, which I still think is extremely valuable. <clears throat> it really, this is the calendar stuff is, is some of the stuff that is most stuck with me. And it all begins with this. I feel like I'm paraphrasing here. It's copyright 2099. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> unless you have a reason to do otherwise. And we're talking about here, and like you'll find a way to, to, to trick me up here and make the genie, uh, you know, be a monkey's paw. But all I'm trying to say to you is nothing goes on the calendar unless it's something that will die if it's not done that day. And further to that, it's something you will do. And, and so I'm, I'm putting that in an extreme way because I think many people need to hear that in an extreme way. Nothing goes on the calendar. Well, let's put it this way. Anything you put on your calendar is a contract. It's a contract that you have made with yourself. And further to that, nothing, let's, let me put it in a nicer, maybe more sensible way. Don't put stuff on your calendar you're not going to do. And don't put stuff on your calendar that you're going to do but could be done at a different time and day. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I'll tell you why. Because you should be, and this is straight back to, to getting things done, and David's saying, if it's the thing that needs to happen on the planet on a given day and time, why would you put it anywhere but on your calendar? Well, asterisk, asterisk, ask. You know, alarms are good for some things. Reminders are good for some things. We'll get to all of that. What I'm trying to say to you today is you should be in a position, at least a getting things done oriented person would benefit from being able to say, Let's say the big meteor is coming. Something's going to happen that's going to disrupt everything. Maybe not a meteor. Maybe it's that your, your kid might need to get picked up from, you ever get these? Your kid might is sick and might need to get picked up from a play date or school early. Well, you, can't, you can kind of put that on the calendar, but do you put that on the calendar? Right. What is no. that? How do you categorize that? How do you, right. where, well, where does you that go? Use that, you sure could. And you could do stuff that I do, like the, uh, the, the Spanish uh, upside down uh, question mark trick which is a huge trick for me to tell you about. Things you're not sure is a thing, but you're pretty sure are a thing. In English, I think things should begin and end with a question mark. And, uh, you know, for now, I'm content to stand alone. If I have to put something on the calendar that says maybe pick up Emma at the play date, that begins with That's an stressful, down. right? That's going to be a stressful thing not knowing. Nope. How do you put a well, stressful yeah, yeah, thing yeah, it is, on the It calendar, is, but right? the upside down, the upside, first of all, it's at the beginning of the string describing what the event is. Why would mm-hmm. you do that? Well, that means that that's been proposed or has been floated, but is not finalized. Like, I don't need a pull-down menu to do that. I need a way to visually scan and see whether that is a big thing. So we'll, but let's get back to the real quick GTD thing, which is that if you develop a level, of, pop it up a level. That's how I think. The way that I think is I will not put, I will not allow anything on my calendar that's not a thing that has to happen on that date and time. And fine, if it's going to be an all-day event, but I swear to Christ, if you keep moving that forward, manually one day was way more than worrying about rewriting your to-do list. I don't care about that. If you got an item on there, it's an all day event and you just keep moving it forward. You're entering a world of pain because guess what? You don't, you can't trust, you can't trust your calendar anymore unless you do, in which case you don't need my advice as a way to start until you have a reason to do otherwise. Don't put anything on your calendar. That's not a thing that dies that day. And here's why meteor comes along. Kid needs a pickup. You need a way to instantly know everything you don't have to do today. And the corollary, you need a way to instantly know everything you have to do today. And have to is admittedly in quotes. But if I have a meeting schedule, so for me, there's always like, there's four or five things on my calendar every week and then other stuff. 
because the podcasts are my job. Like that might seem silly, but that is my job. And right. I have to be at a certain place. How often am I late for a podcast, Dan? I've, you've never been late. I, I, I'm not saying that from a point of pride or, but like, if I'm going to be late, I generally let people know. How's it easy to let people know? Cause I know how time works. And I know, I know generally how long it takes to get things done, although humans are famously not great at that. But those things, I don't miss being on time for things because I don't put that much crap on my calendar. If you have a lot of stuff on your calendar and you've got overlapping things, like if that's your job and you're rolling your eyes at me, I mostly can't help you. If you have any agency to live in a world where you don't pretend there's three of you at 11.30 a.m., maybe that's the thing you want to think about. Mm -hmm. But I'm here to tell you, if you can get to where... Nothing on your calendar is garbage. It's only like high quality stuff. You're going to, first of all, you get a certain lightness where you're able to say, well, I can look at this calendar and know nothing's coming up today except what I learn about later, right? Another big point of GTD that gets lost in the light sometimes. It's not about being tightly wound all day long. It's about knowing when your islands of agency exist. Like when there are your archipelago of me, title where you get to go off onto your own little panhandle and do the thing that you want to do because there's nothing else that's going to happen then. And if you're, if you're, let me, let me, you ever done this? Let's say you're a dingling guy trying to write a book and you say, well, today, Saturday is the day that I'm going to spend 12 hours writing my book. Well, you get to try that once. And I'll tell you what, you get to try that once because a Sunday arrives and you did anything but spend that 12 hour period showing up on time ending on time and spending 12 hours, quote unquote, writing your book, you get one shot at that. You don't get to do that. You don't get to schedule that a second time until you succeeded the first time. Do you follow? Yes. Don't put notional or um, speculative stuff on your calendar because it starts, it's like your counter, like in your college, you know, apartment, you put down one piece of junk mail and then within a week, it's it's like been Gaia bombed into this entire like garbage zone. And you need to Don't open your junk any... mail right over the recycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and and so I just want to really get that idea in people's head is that like before you try to think too much about how you taxonomize and do all this stuff, we're going to, I'll do as much of that as you want to do. It really starts with only put stuff on there that's extremely important. And not important, not as in, you know, ur, you know urgent or high priority or whatever it is. But it's either going to get done or it's not going to get done, you know? Mm-hmm. One thing I've seen to my lady friend, like, it's it's interesting to me, like, as, as somebody who is a little bit tightly wound about things like, you know, being on time for things and scheduling meetings in a certain way and having a, um, you know, having an agenda and having follow-up items, you know, to me, all of those things, that's not all just the lemons and drawn butter. Like, that, that is the meal. The meal is all the stuff that, like, needs to be done in preparation for as a result of the meeting. That streamlines the meeting and enables it to be good. So like, for example, the medical school where she works, it might've been the dean, the chancellor, somebody wrote a very um, firm email to everybody. And this person's a very good communicator. And this, this person who's on, on top of things at the school said, look, from now on, um, I, I, I want meetings to start exactly on time. And I want meetings to end at 10 minutes till the hour. If it's an hour long meeting, for example. <laughs> we're not even getting into does, does a meeting need to be an hour no your default should be 45 minutes at most you can always change it later but that person sent out this email and according to my wife it actually did have an impact on people because here was the problem you're scheduling all these virtual meetings all day long Dan uh, listeners you ever worked anywhere where the people aren't talking to each other the people who schedule the meetings aren't talking to each other you find yourself double or triple booked 
And now you get to be your own den mother to figure out how to deal with that. And then on top of it, when you do pick one meeting over the other and you get there, it does not start on time. It does not end on time. And then that just cascades. See also the million talks I've done about meetings. Well, I think because well, a, lot of, a lot of people, Merlin, treat those meetings as suggestions. They're suggested times to start. And there's perhaps, really no also, downside managers to like to manage. Managers like to manage. And managers like to manage things that they can manage. That's what makes them managers. But like everybody in there has stuff to do that's not just being in that meeting. Like not to be all Jeff Foxworthy, but you know, if you spend a lot of your day calling and having meetings and then saying that's my job to do meetings, you might be a manager, which is fine. But there's other people in that room. Think about the scale of all of the person minutes of people in that room, just who are there to pay attention to you and do what you tell them to do. I'm being mean. Um, but, but it had an impact. So this person at a high level, talk about culture. This person said, this is what I do, and this is what I expect from everybody here. And why are we doing a psychiatrist's hour? Why are we stopping at 10 till? Because guess what? Sometimes people need to put food in their mouth. Or people sometimes do need to go be someplace else on campus right now. And that's, you st- that's still no guarantee this is going to be perfect. But this, this person was kind of drawing, a, I think, a very collegial line in the sand and saying, I expect you to respect everybody's time and take this seriously. Which to a lot of people just sounds bananas, right? But when we put these things on the calendar, like it needs, to, it needs to be meaningful. And you need to understand what it is. And again, very much a GTD thing. You should be able to scan that list to know what needs to be done. Now, what needs to be done how? Well, what needs to be done at that meeting, for example, or at that event? We'll get into this, but having very clear titles for things helps a lot. Having these very specific time things associated with that. But how about this? As you look at your calendar for today, or as you look at your calendar for the week, are you just going to scan and look at where the big pretty boxes are? Well, is there any chance that you want to look over those and say, is there anything I need to do to prepare for that meeting? Is there a thought that jumps to mind when I look at that pretty pink box? Is there there anything that jumps to mind for me that I feel a little pinch about like and for me that might be i need to prepare for back to work i need to add some links for roderick on the line i got to go see if we have sponsors and if there's sponsors i need to record the spots and so forth and then by the same token are there anything anything is there anything you need to do after that event has happened whether that's sharing you know follow-up items for a meeting or even if this is all just stuff you're going to do yourself like if you if you're in a position where you need to put your work out on the calendar I don't have a problem with that at all. Just because that's not quote unquote work or whatever, that can still go on your primary calendar. That's totally fine. My only note on that would be if it's on the calendar, you got to do it. And if you didn't do it, you need to learn. And, and this, is, this is the thing about what that person of leadership at the medical school did, which is like, I, do, I feel like there's often very little incentive to learn from our errors with other people's time. And I really feel like if there's anything where we should try to improve just to be a better human being is to say like, okay, uh, I said this meeting would be 30 minutes and start at this time and end at this time. Well, not only did it not start until it was a half hour late, that mm-hmm. half hour meeting should have been done. And first time that's ever happened in your life? No, it happens. Started late. It ends late. It ends late. And I mean, I, I want to really assume good faith and good hearts. But if you do that a lot and don't Im- learn and improve, you should probably be doing something different. You certainly should not be somebody who's empowered implicitly or explicitly to speak for other people's time. If you, let's put it this way, if you schedule one-hour meetings, that's, let's say you have a standing meeting, you schedule a one-hour meeting that starts at 10 a.m. If it doesn't start at 10 a.m. and it doesn't go for less than an hour, 
why don't you learn from that? That either means, so where's the error? The error is, well, like, okay, what caused it to start late? Is there a chance that it was you that caused it to start late? What can you learn from that? If it ended late, what can you learn from that? Well, believe me, brother, there's a lot to learn from that. Is there a chance that you tried to put four hours of stuff into a one-hour meeting? Well, you'll be unsurprised to, to learn. I, I think you should learn from that. And what does this have to do with Dan and his calendar? Be, be mindful and mature about your calendar and then learn from your errors. Don't keep rescheduling something you didn't do. If you were going to do it, it would be done. That's not a, this is not like a, a, a hippy-dippy tautology. If you were going to quit smoking for New Year's, you already would have done it. If you were going to write for eight hours, you already would have written for eight hours. You think that you can schedule yourself into personal success, and you can't. Your calendar needs to be a realistic map for what you want to or have to do and to which you have made a commitment. If you have not made a commitment to it, unless you're going to use my Espanol uh, Pregunta trick, like maybe don't put a bunch of stuff on there. You need to know what works for you, but you need to know how to take this seriously. Whatever your version of this is, please take it seriously. You don't have to be a dick about it, but you do have, you have to act like your time matters, even if you're still working on that. Fake it till you make it and put stuff on there that's going to be beneficial and useful and sometimes obligatory, but that gives you control, not control, it gives you insight into how you have planned your time, because how you plan your time is also how you plan your life. We'll cover this more. Dan. How is it going with your blue field, green ocean, Google Calendar? What's what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, you know, I tried to, one of the things that I had asked you about initially was that I was very curious how you organize those different things. Did you put everything onto one calendar? Did you have different calendars? Did you have shared calendars? Were you, you know, you might have one calendar that you put, you know, family stuff on, but then how are you managing to-dos? How are you managing tasks? How are you managing things that you needed to do on a certain day? And this mm-hmm. is still kind of a something that I'm wondering about just as far as questions go, just initial questions. So let's yeah. let's say that you've got to pay your rent. Okay. And you know that you've got so, to pay so, your so rent. So it's a on question of what goes where and why. Yeah, but also something that's like a task. Like for example, yeah. if I just put pay rent um, down. I'm using that as an example that seems like something most people have to do, whether it's their mortgage or their rent or a bill of some kind. And you know that it's due on the first and you can pay it on the first or you want to pay it on the 31st or whatever day you decide to put it down. Is that something that you want to do at a certain time or is it just a task? And then mm-hmm. what kind of new mental discipline do you need to develop in order to remember to look at your tasks if the tasks aren't going to actually give you some kind of reminder? And this is where mm-hmm. it kind of borders on, are you using Google Tasks? Because there is a section, there is a calendar called Tasks mm-hmm. and Fantastic right. Do you want to go like all those. in on a Google, on a Google system? Or should of. I use iOS reminders to remind me? And then am I remind Because with Google Tasks, you can't remind yourself at a time. But then I want my Google Nest Hub to be able to remind me to do stuff or whatever. This is where I start to lose my yes. mind and say, where and, am I supposed to do it's stuff a very like that? Good, yours is a very good example of something I actually did jot down to talk about at some point, which is how do you decide? Like, let's say there's a thing that you, uh, let's just set aside, blah, 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 all the things Merlin's ranting about. You got to pay your rent. Like, you don't want to screw yourself up. In that example, that is very interesting because that is... It appears to be a classic example of a calendar item 
in the sense that, you know, I, you don't want to be, you know, dramatic about it, but like you go too many months without paying your rent and you're going to eventually run into some problems. All of the things you, I, you would ideally like to have a way to make sure that gets paid every month. And back in the day that used to involve taking out my first union checking uh, checkbook and writing my carbon copy check and putting it in the mail, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But why, uh, the reason I think it's interesting here is I could very much see that being a calendar event. I could also see it very much being a reminder event. Mm. I could also see it being a classic task or to do. And really you could just go from there. It could be an alarm. It could be a lot of those things. Um, I think, okay, so before I tell you how I would do that, I'm going to say that should go where it works for you. It's a really boring answer. If that works as something on your calendar, put it on your calendar with probably a reminder. But there's a couple things here because it's always a couple things with calendars. Um, one is, do you have a, a successful record of having done that thing because you put it in a given place? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you if you put that on your calendar with probably a AM, excuse me, an you know what do they call it? An alert, right? Um, the first month you did that, success, paid it. Second, third, fifth, you know, five years. Every time you've put pay rent on the calendar for the thirty first, almost every time, um, like over ninety percent of the time, you have succeeded in doing the thing that you wanted to do or meant to do, right? So I think that's when you ask yourself, like, where does that go? Well, ask what works for you. Um, that sounds like a cop out, but I think it's not. I would not put that on a calendar. I think a lot of people would, mm -hmm. which I think is fine as long as you can produce, you can show me the receipts on how well you succeeded at doing the thing on time, <laughs> you know, on time, on budget, you did the thing and there was no problem. Your landlord didn't have to bug you because you spaced it. You were, you were getting a lot of alerts and you somehow missed it. Like, do you really rely on that? Well, let's pop the stack. If you have the means, I highly recommend putting that on automatic pay. I know that's a trick answer, but the truth is, again, as David Allen has said, like, don't make a reminder for something that it can be its own reminder. If you keep worrying you're going to leave your briefcase at home, put your briefcase in front of the door so that you have to interact with the briefcase in order to leave the titular house. There's a lot of stuff that works like that. Library books, I'll go into this this one area. If I really want to remember to take out the recycling before I go to the office, I put the recycling in front of the stairs. Mm -hmm. I know it's a fire hazard, but if I put it anywhere else, I could forget it. Now, why wouldn't I just make a reminder for myself? Because it's more valuable to to make the thing the reminder. I, I mean, this sounds like one of those, you know, like the way you would like portray like a fitful working mom, like a in, in an 80s movie. Oh, post-it notes everywhere and string on my finger. And But no, you could make the thing into its own reminder. And in that case, if you can get that on auto pay, that's a good idea. I'm not trying to uh, avoid your question. I'm just trying to say like, if this is really about getting the thing done, mm -hmm. how do you automate or just put it on rails, the getting done of the thing? Because a thing you're going to see pretty quickly is if you are using all of this stuff and putting all your stuff somewhere... It will not be too long before that pendulum, pendulum swings too far and you find yourself overwhelmed with alerts. I easily get overwhelmed with alerts. It's one reason everybody yells at me because I don't look at Slack often enough. And it's like, I just, I could spend all of the time to get those notifications the way I want, mm -hmm. or I could just not get the notifications and deal with it. And I could probably be a better human being, but you know what? I'm not ready to be a better human being about trying to get a machine to be less terrible to me. 
I would rather just not have the machine. <laughs> right. I like Slack. It's great. But like, if you, if you're my friend and need to contact me, just contact me like a person. Like I can't do Slack plus DMs plus calendars plus, I mean, it's just, it's, it never ends. It's like the fax machine. It never went away. Mm -hmm. We, it just got, got added to by other things. So here's the answer to that. Yeah, put it on the calendar, that's fine. Or put it where it works for you or automate it. Now, of all the other choices, personally, I would not put that on my actual calendar. And and, and I'll tell you why. Um, if you wanted to, could you pay your rent earlier? You could. I mean, is there anything that stops you nope. from doing it on the 20th? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Absolutely I mean, not. It's not a, it's not a rally where it needs to be on a certain day. <sighs> Getting my kid at, you know, wherever that is, picking my kid up at school, you know, even though I'm making that up because she's not in school right now. But, you know, any of those things, if you had to pick your kid up from a play date, why am I saying kid? Because if you forget your kid, uh, they're going to put it like in, in jail. Like you got to pick up your kid. You're certainly at least going to get yelled at by, by the caregiver that you weren't there like you said you'd be there. Mm -hmm. Eh, things happen. You get confused. But that is a rally. That is something where, like, I can't pick my kid up an hour earlier, and I sure as shit cannot pick my kid up five hours later. Right. That stuff like that, ask yourself when it can or must start and end. And that'll tell you a lot about, in my case anyway, for me, whether it belongs on a calendar. If it can, if it can start or end, especially on another day, woof, that does not belong on a calendar to me. So in that case, I, that actually would be a good candidate for something in OmniFocus with a start date and a due date. Um, you don't have to get that granular with it. For me, that would probably go, that might go in reminders or my to-do uh, um, tasks. Like my, whatever your to-do, TK, like TBD to-do mm -hmm. app, I would mm -hmm. put it in there, but you are going to want a reminder about that. If you cannot put that on autopilot, let's take another one of those. Um, something like say like water the plants or change the litter box. Mm -hmm. These are kinds of um, what I what I, I'm paraphrasing Ethan Schoon over here. These are infrastructure tasks. They're not directly tied to like you know income or stuff. But like if I don't take out the compost, I'm I'm eventually going to be kind of a, a a bad partner and bad dad. I that's on me to take care of that. Now, do I need to do it every day? Hmm, I should do it every day. I don't want too far to go along though, right? right. So does that go on the calendar? Not for me. Not for me. That that's going to go into something. R Reminders is actually very well suited especially to non-time sensitive errands because I'll just say this till I'm blue in the face. It is very powerful to yell into the air and say, remind me to bring home glasses when I arrive at the office in two hours. And I really want you to get that in your bones because if you have an SIRI device, that means you can now yell into the air in such a way that if you go somewhere, if you, if two hours passes and you haven't done a thing, yeah, it bugs you. If you get to the place you said you want to go and you haven't done it, it also bugs you. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a temporal belt and suspenders. That might go on a reminder for me. But again, things like water the plants, th these can actually be the things that really get you because it's not essential. It doesn't need to happen on a certain day. You can easily do that like, oh, we'll just swipe this over to the next day. But you don't want to do that for too much stuff. Instead, that is a teachable moment. Right, even because if it's something is, when I was really like, trying learn, to... Learn why you keep sweeping that across. You just not care about the plant. Are you too busy? Or, or like minimize that amount of like renegotiating with yourself and, and get a better deal. I feel like there's some kind of reinforcement to the fact that once you, if you make this commitment, this mental commitment 
to follow your calendar, do what it says when it tells you to say it or to do it rather. Yes. Then I feel like that, that is a discipline. And if you can, if you can learn that discipline and stick to it, then you're going to be doing, at least for me, then you're going to be doing less of that pushing it off to the next day kind of thing. And I feel mm-hmm. like for yes. me, if I almost treat... Because what you're implicit in what you're saying is, just to be clear here, is that if it can start earlier or it can finish later, or for that matter, can start later, right. if it's all of those things and it's something I haven't really committed to doing, that's really telling. Yes, if it can change that much and that often, I don't mean to make a straw man here, but we've all done it. Because what happens? And this goes straight, this is classic 43 folder stuff, which is like making something bigger and or bolder and or redder is not getting that done. If you tallied up the time you spent trying to make yourself do something, well, how about you go a little bit further up in your motivation and say like, what? if I haven't done this, will I ever do this? Who am I pleasing by breaking all of these deals with myself? Well, it's not really a deal with myself. Well, then why bother? Why get out of bed? If you don't trust yourself beyond the moment that you're in right now, if you can't find credibility in your own commitment to what you're doing, if you don't actually value your time in a way to do anything but roll your eyes and say, that's fine for Merlin, enjoy that for whatever you have left. Like, take it seriously, and then you can be as fun as you want. You can go, you can go wakeboard down your own archipelago of fun. Mm-hmm. You can't, you're not, but if, as long as you feel like I'm at sixes and sevens with myself, because I've made all these partial commitments to partial things that I'm partially interested in. Well, guess that map is going to be not very pretty. And if that map ain't pretty, can you guess what the territory is going to be like? I want you guys to be happy. And I want you, I want you to, to, to take this stuff seriously just because if you start by taking this seriously, you may eventually take your time and attention seriously. And then you kind of can't help but, but take your life seriously when you do that. I like that. Um, I like that. Where does stuff, but you bring up last final thing we can, we can bounce. But um, I do think you're asking a really important question, I feel like, which is where does this go? And as you can probably guess, there's no one answer to that because everybody's different. But when we talk about how different we are, instead of celebrating your own bizarre caprice, like how about instead saying to yourself, well, where do I have a record of success? And it sounds like a weird thing to bring up at this juncture, but a la, you know, New Year's resolutions or a la, I'm going to write for eight hours. Mm-hmm. If you have no business committing to something that you've never succeeded at before, yes, go easier on yourself. But also, you want to give yourself a break, but you don't want to give yourself an ongoing break that, that you've basically created a tome of lies. And a tome of lies can have unlimited amounts of alarms and reminders on it, but that doesn't make them any more truthful. Mm. If the things on your calendar aren't real, uh, then you have a very... If I may say, one may have a very unwholesome relationship with what their life actually is versus what they aspire to be that they have no business aspiring to be. What do you have business aspiring to be? Look at your own track record. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not great. Maybe it's not perfect. But if you imagine it'll get better by you pretending that you're somebody whom you're not, have that reflect who you are. And yes, and then maybe we can get this to this next time and get more specific about Google Calendar. But if you can't tell, I think this stuff is kind of important. And I do think, I think that deciding where something goes is really smart. Don't spend all day on that, but like deciding where it goes is what enables you to make, in this case, a calendar is a container for your future plans. Mm -hmm. And in my case, I I like that. I like the way you said that a container for your future. I forgot what I said, but it was probably, it was probably good. But, but I also think about, for example, we'll talk about this, but you know, I have a calendar called big family calendar. I have journal, I have environment, right? 
Just as a quick example of what would other calendars be used for, big family calendar is everything that the family needs to know about. I, it, yeah, I mean, now does your kids subscribe it, to that too? Can they see that uh, too? Calendars, or? calendars are. Yeah, I mean, she can, but calendars are for old people. Mm-hmm. But let's put it this way: um, just aren't there things in your life? There's some some things you need to know about, and some things you need to do something about. And as it happens, there's a pretty good overflow that you're probably not going to do it if you didn't know about it. Right. But I use my calendar. Also, now this is going to sound at cross purposes, but hear me out. That primary calendar on Google Calendar is where all the real, like my stuff goes. And yes, my family has access to that if they choose to see it. And I would hope that they would look there. Big family calendar is for, you know, family stuff that everybody needs to know about. Now, that's not all stuff I need to do something about, but it is stuff I need to know about. Right. And if there is something on big family calendar, because I look at, I do look at my calendar most days and then I try to make a point of every Sunday, I kind of do a look forward and a look back at anything I need to do or change as a result of what's on the calendar. So please, as I say to my beloved family, it's not real if, if it's not on the calendar. If it's not on the calendar, it's not real. That is, that is, that is, you might as well just put that on your Santa Claus wish list. Because if it's not on my calendar, it's not going to get done. It's crucial that anything you need me to do go on that calendar. Now, if I look at big family calendar and I see something that like I, I and only I need to do, like pick up kid... I will either sort of clone that to my calendar, mm-hmm. which gets messy because now you got dupes. Right. Or I will, um, I mean, you, there's different things you can do. I might move that to my calendar because do they need to know about it? it again, it all depends on how you I like say, And that's a good question is the do they need to know thing? Because let, let's say you want to go get a haircut on Saturday afternoon and, you know, that's you. That's you doing it. But it's yeah. Saturday afternoon, which is family time. And maybe by doing it Saturday afternoon, you're not going to be able to do the other thing that your kid wants you to do. So, you know, what are you, what exactly, how do you, how do you do, does that become on family or? Well, okay. So it's incumbent upon, so if I need to go see something that's happening with my wife, I look at her calendar. If I need to see something that's going on with the family, I look at the family calendar. Mm -hmm. And again, Mm -hmm. it's a very small family. It's three people, including me. So it's really only two other people. Most of the stuff on the calendar is like, this is when we're going to, you know, go to Disneyland someday. Or this is when, you know, the kinds of things that everybody needs to know about and occasionally needs to do something about. And the real purpose, the emergent, what is it has emerged or evolved into is that that's where my wife puts stuff that we're all going to do or because she's the person who organizes this kind of stuff. Um, we both do, but like she's the primary person. And that's where stuff that maybe like she and my daughter like say, okay, this is the day that we're going to go to Santa Cruz for, for the day. And that is very useful to me to see that on there. If you listen to yesterday's Roderick Online, you'll see that's my opportunity to do stuff in the house because I got my goddamn family out of the house. Now, my wife knows to look at mine. And today's a perfect example in some ways. Every other Tuesday at 5 p.m., I record Reconcilable Differences with Syracuse, which as you can guess, is just often enough to completely forget mm-hmm. like for me but especially my family uh-huh. now why would that matter to them well i mean obviously we can talk but now if you if you do your job and check in on the calendar you're going to see that i will not be home uh you know as with context in gtd uh there's limitations but also opportunities hey that's their night to make like um tofu fried rice or you know to get a get a dinner that they like and have a, a mommy daughter night because i certainly have daddy daughter nights mm-hmm. you know where you know we'll watch it's always sunny in Philadelphia or whatever, but that way that is on them. But that big family calendar, you can use it however you want. The other ones, there's two other ones I think are so interesting. One is just called environment. And environment is just pretty much exclusively stuff I might want to know about. 
and a couple big ones here. This is where like, this is the classic. Okay, here's a classic, right? Um, John Smith is going to be in, John and Mary Smith are going to be in town uh, in August, mm-hmm. this one week. Where does that go? For most people, probably nowhere. Uh, if you're a little too uh, enthusiastic about this, you might put it on your calendar. Why, why is it on your calendar that John and Mary are in town? What, John and Mary, what? What are you doing about that? <laughs> are you housing them? Are you trying to schedule dinner? If you're right. trying to schedule dinner, that goes on your to-do list. Why would that be on there? Well, no, that's what environment is for. Environment is for, um, for example, I need to know that Dan's out of town for this week and that we, won't, that, you know, we may need to reschedule. Um, I mean, just stuff like WWDC is that week. Like just stuff that I want to be aware of. If I flip on all my calendars, I'm going to get a little blue bar at the top and I go, oh, I see. That's a thing that's happening. I don't need to do anything about it and I don't have to know about it, but I may want to know about it. Do you know what else goes there? I'll tell you. Deliveries. The wonderful app from June Cloud mm-hmm. automatically adds every delivery that's in my deliveries app, automatically adds it as an all-day event in the environment calendar. Now, oh, look at that. There's, I, this is, as you're saying it, I'm like, no, it doesn't. And then right here in the preferences, add to calendar. And you can, yeah. so do you, again, do you put that in your main calendar? Is that a no, separate delivery? No, 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 no. Deliveries? That's environment. That's environment. environment. Environment, guess what? I don't get reminders for environment. If I needed a reminder for something in environment, let me spoil the ending. It doesn't belong on environment. So give me a quick rundown of everything you might put in environment besides the deliveries. I mean, let me, let me put it to you this way. Yes, absolutely. Let me, let me just show you got the, my main calendar. You got my family calendar. And I have two other calendars that I treasure. One is called environment mm-hmm. and one is called journal. Now, are they what they seem? Is one about ecology and the other one about my live journal feelings? No, not at all. Environment is stuff I may want to know about in the future. And journal is stuff I may want to remember from the past. Explain how, yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, How often do I call 1-800-GUT-JUNK to come and pick up trash at my office or house? How many times have I called the plumber about snaking our drain? When did my daughter get her braces off? When did the bearded dragon begin uh, brumation? When did I change this particular medication from five milligrams to 10 milligrams. When did I get sick from that medication and have to barf? That goes in journal. It sounds crazy, right? But like it's, it's a calendar for the past. And again, no, 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 no alerts. Like, does that seem nuts? I guess, but it's kind of neat to be able to go into busy Cal or fantastic Cal and say, and I always name them in a very, you know, standardized way. So I can go in and, and search for junk and it'll show me every instance. And now this gets me into something where like, I don't want to turn into too much of a weirdo. But if I notice a pattern of something based on how often, because I'm you know, naming the same way. And it's important for me to be able to tell my shrink, oh, yeah, this one day you changed my medication and it made me barf. But then I got better. I ch- we changed the dose. Within, within that same day, I was barfing. But after three days, I was better. And that goes on journal. Because journal, journal is, I don't need reminders about the past, but I do need a place to put that environment I don't need, this is stuff where I don't need reminders about the future, but I need a place if I want to turn on all, like turn off all the blast shields, raise all the portcullises, that enables me to go in and get this viewport into my life. And like what goes on journal? You tell me. What's the stuff you forget that you forget? You know? Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As Mm -hmm. As you were doing this, I was creating 
couple new calendars. I really and I like have others. Yeah, I have others, but like most of them are I very rarely use them. Like I say, I I subscribe to the one from our school district for like school school like you know school stuff. I subscribe to the one for my kids' school for for specific at that school things. Mm-hmm. But those are all calendars that are in sets. I name all of my sets. I have one called Meh, one called Blah, you know, <laughs> one called Important, and like I can turn on just those and not those. And they're not, I'm not going to lose it in the lights. As I, I showed you a screenshot of like how I think a lot of people live versus how I live. And like, it's, I'm embarrassed to show most people my actual calendar because it has so few things on it. So and let's say, let's of, say you were unfortunate enough to. I'm proud of how few things I have on there because that means those little other, the, the, the water around my archipelago is very warm and welcoming. So if you got a cold. Would you put that on your journal calendar? Got cold Tuesday, you know, June 1st. I might put that in Apple Health, but that's exactly the kind of thing. Apple Health is not good, in my experience, at dealing with medication things. Uh, it's really like, it's, you're probably better off with Airtable. Um, but no, that, that very much could be. Or that could be, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know your life, people. But like, that could be when we got the cat groomed. But you'll, if there are things where, okay, here's an exercise for you. Um, just for thinking about the journal calendar. Has there been a time in the last week, this is a a hypothetical that'll become real in a second. Has there been a time in in the last week where you said to yourself to a point of maybe possible annoyance, oh, I wonder when the last time was that I did that thing. And like, and so like, if you were going to like try to track the life of every light bulb and battery in your house, Mm -hmm. that's probably going to be a spreadsheet. But if you want to remember, um, if you want to remember when you filed that police report about that sketchy thing. That's, right. That sounds random, but like that goes somewhere mm-hmm. that that could be in, in this case journal. So the exercise I'm encouraging is start noticing the next time that you say, I wonder when was it the last time I did that thing? You change, <laughs> change the humidor packs mm-hmm. in your humidor, mm-hmm. you know, and it captured the um, humidity and <laughs> relative humidity and temperature. You could have a spreadsheet for that if you're really weird. Like to keep it at seventy two with a bovita, but the point is, there's stuff you want to remember to remember, and that can be useful for that. But then also, let, let's let's draw back up and, and close on this bit. That brings us right back to this one thing, which is that 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 main calendar that is your calendar that Google encourages to use as your primary calendar. You have a way to sweep away everything that's not that's not a a cabinet of deals that you made with yourself. And that's what that thing is. What are the deals that I made with myself for this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made them with other people where other people made you make them. But you do, most of us have the ability to, to enunciate the word no. And even if it's, you find it easier to, to use fewer muscles and say yes, well, you still, you agreed to that. That means everything you agree to do is 10,000 things you can't do. Fine. That's adult life. You deal with that. But that means sweep away all these things. Calgon, take me away. Show me, show me only the things daddy has to do this week. And then I can, uh, I can see what my other options are. And then, and then again, team, let's learn from that. Because if you just looked at your one calendar to rule them all, and you did not see things that should have been on there, learn from that. That means something either, either belongs there, or you're doing too many things. Or like sit with that for a moment. And, any, and you always look at these as a, as a chance to learn and improve. And you'll be soon. You'll be like Dan, and you're going to have like a, a whole, uh, a whole blue field. That's what I want—a whole blue field. W- will you please prepare uh, other things you'd like to talk about next week? Yes, I have a, a long list still of of other ideas and questions, and but just this, I feel like, is giving me and mm. other people a really good you're start nice. because the, of the divi- nice. 
The division, well, no, because this is key. The division of calendars and the way that you separate them out can really, really define the experience. Like, like what you said is, I will never get notifications from my environment calendar. That is if I needed if I needed that notification, it wouldn't belong on that calendar. Right. But see, that's the kind of thing that like uh, I think is like really important at a fundamental level for understanding how you can use these different calendars. Mm -hmm. Like I never would have thought to have my deliveries show up on a calendar. I mean, I didn't even know that feature handy. was there, but it's really handy because yeah. like, here's the thing yeah. is like, oh, you order that thing. You're like, well, I, wait, is that supposed to get here Wednesday or is it Thursday? That's fine. Is I'll it just supposed launch. To arrive? It's supposed to arrive when I'm out of town because now that right. becomes, guess what? That becomes something for your to-do list, which is right. ask neighbor to sign for this or whatever. So one of the but, things but, but, I want you yeah, to do go. for me in the next episode, yes. and I'll just, yes. as this is what we call in, in show business, Merlin, this is what we call a teaser, do is I'm going to yeah. want for you to go into more detail about Things like task management, because for example, I have to edit this show now. I'm sorry. Well, it's not much editing, but okay. the thing is, is that a task, a to-do item, a reminder, or an a event project. on the calendar that's associated <laughs> with the time? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like- I, I, wanna, no, I absolutely do. So yeah. like, where do I put that? I, I totally agree. We can talk about, you know, fish and fowl you know, cabbages and kings. We can talk about all of the things and what they are and where they belong, at least in my estimation. But I think also, I don't know if we'll finish this all in the next episode, but I would also love to talk about some of these specifics. Like I said, getting, making, making fewer alerts, uh, making shorter defaults, getting fewer alerts, making more meaningful alerts. Like why, you know, how is it that we don't even have to, we, you ask somebody how long a meeting is and I would guess times the donuts, most people will say an hour. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you why, because the default in Microsoft Outlook for years was one hour, which is what everybody else made the default until one hour became the default for a meeting. Do we have to live with that? Well, no, like whatever. That's what everybody thinks. Well, guess what? Like a piece of software suddenly became culture, like a hegemonic culture. My default events are 45 minutes for a couple of reasons. Like one is I don't want to have a default of an hour, but if I have an hour, 45, if it's a default of 45 minutes, that enables me to say this either needs to be longer or shorter. Now, if I were really going pro level, you know how long all my meetings would be? 37 minutes. Hmm. Because it's so upsetting to look at 37 minutes. <laughs> it's the most random number between one and 100. Uh-huh. And looking at a meeting that's 37 minutes long and maybe starts at seven after, whoa, hang on, my arithmetic cannot catch up with that. Well, guess what? That forces you to think about it and forces you to think, do I need to make this longer or shorter? I could make this less ugly. Um, Booker Creek in Pinellas County, right near where I grew up, they had, uh, there's a park there and they were not having success getting people to slow down. So they changed the speed limit to nine miles per hour. And that brought, that was, grabbed everyone's attention. I mean, uh, yeah, because if you saw 10 miles per hour, you just, you just fly right past it. Like, did that solve all the problems? No. But like, if you ever want somebody, I learned this from my friend Dennis, my dear friend Dennis, uh, if you ever want somebody to be on time with something, give them a weird number as the, as the time to be there. And if they scoff at it, stop being their friend because they don't get it. If you say to somebody, I'll meet you at seven minutes after, you know, by the fountain or whatever. <laughs> well, those are the kind of people who are like, why don't we just make it seven? And it's like, well, because when you say seven, you just mean whenever. No, I mean, you will be there at that time because I will be there at that time. Right. You hold, hold each other to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or you, you, you bury them in a shallow grave because, you know, because of the implication. <sighs> 
Uh, yeah. So, so, so alongside whatever else you want, I'd love to talk more about some of these specifics okay. and as with email where I've always got endless suggestions for subject lines and white space and all that. I think there's also, I want to talk and, and again, as with email, so email, how do we improve email? We'll start by writing better email. How do we get better calendars? Start by making better calendar items. How are we going to start getting better at using that notes field, creating agenda, using that URL field? Have you noticed yet in Fantastical that if you have a Google Meetup or a Zoom meeting or a Skype meeting, do you notice that that becomes a button you can click in your menu? Like once you've, because like we're living in that age of online meetings, Fantastical has now made that easier for you. If you've got the URL for the Zoom, put it in there and then you'll just be able to click a button. It's one last thing to worry about. And uh, so we'll talk about all those things. All right. In this, uh, this has been a marathon episode, Dan. I think this is, this is going to be up there. This is going to be a good one. Mm. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, everybody. Um, you know, um, rabbit, rabbit. Rabbit, rabbit. Okay, let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs>